0: Teague breaks a tackle and scores, standing up, and the Buckeyes are pouring it on in this sea of red, which has gone quiet. Sam, and now playing fast, just a stand-up touchdown for Teague. That was his possession. 28 yards of the catch, 26-yard run, and he takes it into the end zone. He's
1: 10 yards downfield, just
0: pushing red jerseys backwards. Fields fires to the end zone. Mack dives. Cut it for a touchdown. Buckeyes can do no wrong. And this is a beatdown. The Big Red Revival podcast. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Goldenstein. Sitting with me today, we got Zach Raby, the quarterback, Drew Burston, the coach. And oh, what a week it was in Nebraska. So many big things happening. You got college game day in town, you got the top five Ohio State Buckeyes coming into town. The uh, basketball team's kicking off their season with an exhibition game, followed by a Rick Ross concert. Celebrities in town, Gabrielle Union, D-Wade. I mean, just a great festivities. Game day opens up. Just a nice fall brisk morning here in Lincoln. Just everything looked great Saturday morning in Lincoln, Nebraska. Everything was going well. And then Saturday night happened. And uh, after that, it was all downhill for uh, for Nebraska, the state, and the and the team. So, Zach, would you – just give me a general view of what you saw Saturday night from Nebraska as a football team.
2: As hard as it is for me to be right now, I'm going to try and be a glass half full guy. Um, I'll just touch on a couple things that stood out to me on the positive side. First one, um, the continued success of Lamar Jackson. Um, Right. It's it's hard to see a lot of good things from a game like that, but he still continues to be – a very, very strong point on, on the defensive side of the football. Um, he was, he was making plays. He was flying around, doing everything he could, you know, all things considered. I mean, at this point in the season he leads the country and passes defended and pass breakups. So yep. he's, he's continuing to, to do his thing as he's been doing all season. Um, and then another thing I've, I kind of noticed was the Mills has run a lot harder with a lot more passion. I feel like lately, um, he, I, I feel like he's just continuing to get better as, as the season rolls on, too. I think that one uh, fumble um, a couple games ago really got to him, and he, he really wanted to, you know, turn things around for himself. So that's been a really, really good thing to see, um, you know, with, with Mo Wash being, you know, banged up here and there. Seems like every game, actually, you know, with Deidre Mills kind of coming on, coming into his own, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, you know, on the, uh, other side of things, we don't have that much time on this podcast, but, uh, <laughs> one thing that was just really, really bad was the lineback linebacker play. I mean, their feet, were, right. their feet were in cement all night. They were over pursuing on stretch runs. They were biting hard on play action. They're just constantly out of position. And then Tyron Ferguson has no business being on the field against a team like Ohio state. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it. He's just, he's not good. And it was just very, very glaring how much of a skill level difference he had compared to that Ohio State
0: offense. Yeah, no, just to go back and touch on the whole Lamar Jackson, the guy, like you said, is leading the country and uh, passes defended. And, you know, uh, and when he's made himself a lot of money uh, this season, mm-hmm. you know, because coming into the season, it's getting kind of peaks and valleys. And now coming into the senior season, you know, getting ready to try to be drafted in the league. The guys put a lot of good things on tape, and especially when you're going to be going into draft, you know, the first thing scouts and GMs and coaches can be wanting to put on tape is, you know, when you play top teams like Ohio state. So that's the the first t- tape they put on. Um, he did get uh burnt on a double move one time. It happens, but I feel yeah, like the rest I know exactly what he you're was, talking
2: about. <laughs>
0: that wasn't you know, great. He, yeah. It, not great. Uh, but I feel like the rest of the night is pretty locked in and I feel like um you know, they started to pick on uh, Boodle. Boodle um, is having a, a – is struggling this season, to say the least. And I felt like that uh, teams are uh, starting to pick on him now. I mean, granted, those two touchdowns he gave up in the end zone were uh, – they were perfectly throwing balls, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, I felt like they were looking for him more since Lamar Jackson's over, you know, kind of doing his thing on the other sidelines. So, I think yeah. teams are going to start to look to, uh, go, to go at Boodle. But, do, you, uh, do you think that's because he's our press corner, though? I mean, it could be. I mean, like I said, it wasn't like he was beaten deep. It's just, you know, at yeah. the moment of the time to make a play on the ball, he just wasn't making it. So, but, uh, Drew, give me a general overview of, uh, Saturday night and what you saw, uh, with the Buckeyes in town.
1: Man, I would say, uh, the general theme was extreme frustration and anger. Right. Um, one of the bright spots of the game, I guess, would be, uh, the reinstallation of the I-formation, I know when I saw that, I almost had to double check and, like, I didn't, I couldn't believe I saw I-formation, you know? Right. And I, and we ran it well. We ran the option. You know, we did old-school 90s stuff. I mean, I think it really works well in football, so I definitely think we should keep it and use it. That was a bright spot. Something else I noticed, uh, well, the pass interference to start the game – Kind of did us wrong, obviously, and then the interception. So, I I mean,
0: Uh, back to the eye for Matron. I know there was a lot of talk about that this (laughs) week. Um, I felt like it was kind of, I don't know, maybe a bit of a panic move. I I mean, he brought it out.
1: They're going to try it, and it works well, though. I think they should should have it anyway. I 100% agree, Taylor.
0: Yeah, I feel like like it was a panic move. Like, oh, shit, we're not able to run our normal Mm offense. It felt almost like a trick play to me, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. It felt like a trick play, but I think it opened their eyes and were like, holy shit, we should probably run this. Yeah,
0: not to mention, I think Dedrick Mills is a – like I said, we we talked about this in previous episodes of his time at Georgia Tech. He's used to being up on the line, you know, in a three-point stance like that, getting a handoff. So, I think he hit a couple of those trap plays really well. Um, I I mean, I think that we might see it a little bit – you know, later on in the season, but I don't think it's going to be something that uh, is a staple in our offense or something we're going to see on a uh, common basis. So, um, you know, after the game, I mean, obviously getting beat 48 to seven in prime time at home is uh, never a good thing. And, you know, kind of the general theme throughout the media. And really, I mean, it started kind of on Thursday with uh, frost talking. I mean, it's just, I I don't know. I didn't like necessarily the way he was kind of setting up the game and just he was just, oh, well, you know, it's a pretty big talent discrepancy. And, you know, those guys got a lot of dudes on the team. And I just felt like, as a coach, especially before the game, you know, I just felt like Frost kind of uh, kind of set the tempo for the week. And I don't know if that's translated into Saturday to the guys coming out. But, um, you know, after the game, clearly, and during the game, uh, clearly was a talent discrepancy. But do you feel like that's what the biggest difference on the field was Saturday, or do you feel like it was something else? Is that
2: well, um, it was definitely, it was talent for sure. Um, you know, the execution discrepancy discrepancy was that we don't, we don't have any real identity as a team. Right. Um, we can't expect to reinvent the wheel each week and still have a smooth ride when the game comes around the talent. I mean, to me, the talent piece, it comes down to recruiting. Um, and I, I took some time and I looked back, um, and I started it in 2002 um, on where we where we stack ranked according to rivals, and then I um, this will lead up to uh, Frost's first class in two, or yeah in 2019 the most recent class. 2002 is where we started, so uh, 39th, 41st, 27th, fifth. We'll get back to that one, and then we don't we don't touch the touch the top. Fifteen again. Actually, in 2007 we were 13th, but. Um, the the next okay. best um, coming out, or best recruiting ranking was Frost's most recent class, in which was 15th in 2019. We don't have any su- we don't have any yep. su- sustained rec- uh, success in recruiting. You know, we have one time in right. the top 10 since 2002, and that senior class was a part of possibly the best team since Crouch is our quarterback. Um, in that time, yep. you know, we've had we've had five head coaches. We've we've run out we've <laughs> yeah, run out of time to keep using tradition as our pitch to these kids. We have to be able to start selling success. And I hate yeah. to, I hate to use re- these two coaches as as examples, but Callahan and Riley weren't afraid to go for the biggest recruits in the country. So why doesn't Scott? And and maybe it's too early to tell. Um, he's he's a young coach with early success at Oregon, UCF. Um, he's bringing a state of the art facility all of a sudden to an already awesome stadium at Nebraska. Brings the the exciting offense that a lot of players want to play in. So why am I starting to see two stars committing from Louisville after this weekend here and, and probably going to commit and be the next corner. We, we only see their backs. They get beat by (laughs) beat uh, Ohio state receivers or run over by Iowa and Wisconsin running backs. It's just right. It's just the same things just keep happening. We don't have the right foundation built yet that we can rely only on what used to work here. Frost has said time and time again, he's mm-hmm. ramping up the strength and conditioning and nutrition programs and all that, and it's great, and it'll eventually, eventually pay off, but we really need to focus on getting back, getting some help around the centerpieces we already have. I'm looking at you, Martinez. I'm looking at you, Wandale. I'm looking at you, uh, Mowash. And, you know, eventually that, their, their short time here is going to run out, and they're not going to have any help around them. And I just, I say, I say yeah. all this because I thought maybe it was going to be somewhat of a quick fix for Frost and Company to come in here. Um, because of what we saw at UCF, but it's not. It's to say because I, I tend to uh, be an impatient guy, especially when it comes to the teams I love the most. But we'll still win some games this year. We, you know, we, we aren't close to being ready to compete on the national stage with the country's best. We saw that Saturday. Bottom line, some may say it doesn't, but recruiting matters. Rant over.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely does. Drew. But speaking to what you're saying about being able to compete with, like, the top teams in the nation – it's kind of- yeah, it's um, it's just
0: – I don't know. It, it's not always the X's and O's. It's the Jimmy's and the Jones. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, it's the saying as, as old as time. Um, and I th- I think what it is more than – I mean, obviously, the recruiting is a big deal, but it's an identity yeah. issue. Uh, you know, like Wisconsin and Iowa recruit at the same level we do. We probably recruit a little bit higher than them, but they have an identity of who they are, who they want to be, and what kind of kid they're recruiting. And they want to be a physical – in the trenches, run the ball, time possession, play solid defense, and make a couple throws off a of play action when needed. And Nebraska, like I said, you would you say we had five coaches yep. in that span, so there's really just no identity. It's like, oh, we went from the option with uh, Solich to the West Coast mm-hmm. offense, and then we went to Pellini and his kind of base offense. Then over to Mike Riley. Now it's a uh, complete spread spread uh, team with the uh, Frost. So it's kind of just getting that identity and recruiting for that identity and getting, you know, and stabilizing, you know, because unfortunately we've we've discovered that firing coaches and replacement coaches isn't the way to uh, get it done. You know, whether however this season turns out and even next season, like. We've just got to we've just got to let Frost ride it out. Give him his five years, no matter what. Like, just got to let this guy have his time and see what he can do. Because, I mean, it's just the switching coaches thing is just just ridiculous. But, um, I think you know we still have we still do have a national brand. Um, we still do attract uh, top players, and I mean, just imagine what we can do if we start winning nine to ten games a year, making a New Year's Six bowl, and we're not talking. You know, the people that talk about. Well, is Nebraska ever going to get back to uh, what they were? Fuck, no, Mm. we're not, okay? Like, anybody that thinks we are is crazy. We're not getting back to what we are. But can we, you know, compete on a national stage? Can we make a New Year's Six belt Bowl, you know, every two two to three years? I mean, can we uh, win a Big Ten championship? Can we make the championship game two out of three years? You know, things like that. And then all of a sudden, with the brand recognition, the top facilities, a young coach, I mean, the – Obviously, we have the best fans in the country. I mean, we're selling out games for uh, a team that's won, I don't know, 10 games in the last three years. So, I mean, <laughs> the, piece, the pieces are there. We just we just need to stabilize and just have an identity. So, Drew, what were you saying about the talent discrepancy? What do you think about it? Well,
1: so two things. One, definitely the rivals recruiting or just recruiting is not up to snuff. I mean, we're average over the last five years, not counting this year where we're 42nd. But average last five years, we're 22nd when Ohio State's been – in the top five three out of the last five years and Michigan two out of the top two years of the last top five so that's a problem but when we were talking about like good teams and knowing how to win well part of the reason why good teams win so often is because when they face adversity like a shitty pass interference call that shouldn't have been called it was and results in points and then a pick you know when that stuff happens good teams fight back and find a way to get back in the game so that tells me we're definitely not there yet and we just got our asses kicked
0: yeah and I think I think the most pressing or most uh visible issue was clearly the trenches. I mean the offensive line, yeah um, I think Hymus uh, played a good game. you know, they lined up Chase Young over there on on top of Forniak, and Forniak uh, basically looked like uh, one of those turnstiles going into a New York City subway <laughs> because that guy was getting turned around every single play, and like you said, you, you could go back and watch the film. Chase Young is over on top of him every single time beating him inside, outside, bull rush, getting his hands off of him. I mean, just – I mean, that guy is probably the best player in the country. I mean, he's going to be a top five pick. Right. So,
1: and it's was, just – He was in one of those top five recruiting classes for Ohio State where they obviously got five stars. I forgot to say in the last five years, guess how many five stars we have.
2: In the last five years, zero. zero.
1: Yeah. We yeah, have yeah, – we so, have
2: uh, – we have like five I since think tw- 2002. Right. And, so, and Georgia has and like five none every of them, year.
0: <laughs> There's a reason they're in the yeah. cultural Clemson currently has every seven year. of them. Yeah, Clemson currently has seven five stars signed to their. And where have they been in. the last <laughs> couple of years? Exactly. So, like I said, we're not expecting to be Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, but we are expecting to when we put on a get to a primetime stage um, that we don't get embarrassed and at home in front of everybody. Forty-eight. I mean, thirty-eight. Nothing at halftime. Oh. It just. I mean, I don't know at what point you guys turned off the game or left the game or stopped watching, but for me it was 17 nothing because you know what i had seen this movie mm-hmm. before i have, unfortunately i've seen this movie happen i didn't need to watch you know up until halftime because i've seen yep. what happens you
1: know, i mean you know how it ends
0: yes exactly it's like okay martinez you had three interceptions on the first four possessions oh man i mean what what else do you need do to do? do you think it, at some point like it comes down to
2: like so all these players that play are playing here right now you know they've they're here, you know they're bought in um, and they've looked back at the history of Nebraska they've watched a lot of old games, you know they want to see what it was like when you know we were we were something, and then they started right. seeing you know starting against Miami two thousand one that was the first of many future embarrassing blowouts on the national stage. Do you think it's in the in yeah. the back of their head when they start seeing this adversity like oh no, it's happening again because i'll give you an example yeah. uh, when drew and i played in college we there was we played every year and they were they were one, number 1 or number 2 in the country every year in our in our division and when something went wrong against them early it was like okay this is going to happen again and there's nothing we can do about it and it just was like a helpless right. feeling and i wonder at some point if that if that's what goes through these players head
0: because they've seen it so many times before Yeah, you know, in the last podcast leading up to this game, I was saying that we just need to start quick. And and I said the biggest point was can't let them score on the first possession. Make them punt on their first offensive possession. I think that's three years in a row now that uh, Ohio State hasn't punted the ball in the first uh, first half against us at home. Yeah, well, we
2: weren't going to make them do anything on Saturday night. They were doing whatever they wanted to.
0: And you know what, I'll say this. Uh Ohio State looks like the best team in the country. I said that coming into the game and yeah. then they more than, they more than proved it to me. Uh, oh, everyone yeah. on game day um, said it that morning too. Yeah. They they are stacked in every level of uh I mean, all the way to their special teams. All the way to their special teams. Well, like I, said, I mean, three it's... out of the
1: five last year last five years. They're in the top five. Like they're the yeah. five, one of the five best teams recruiting in the country for the last yeah. five years. Mm-hmm. That, that yes that's on the field.
0: The last 100 games, they're 91-9 and nine for the last 100 games. That's number one in the country tied with Alabama. So that just – I mean, that just tells you what they're about and where they're at as a program. So we shouldn't be necessarily comparing ourselves to them. I mean, we're not them, not going to be them anytime soon, maybe even ever again. But um, to the just the type of game that it was, um, just getting blown out, just not acceptable. Do you guys feel that the state – and the fans kind of put too much pressure on, on the players and the coaches in games like this and, like, just coming into the season? Do yeah. you think the uh, the fans in the state and the media have a little bit to do with it?
1: hundred percent. I definitely think they do. I mean, obviously, I'm a fan, too. But still, I think I got to never tweet anything crazy at them or, you know, just go real wacko on them or anything. But I'm sure some people do. Plus, they hear it all and all that stuff. Like, I think it adds the pressure that's, like, not necessary. You know, it goes a little over the top. Probably, It probably does dial up the pressure a little bit.
0: Right,
2: it's. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, it comes with uh, the territory, though. Like, you know, yeah, they right all those players. They they make their visits here. I mean, when they when they come here as right. recruits, they're high school seniors. Our fans know their names and, and they acknowledge them by that and and ask them to come here. It's they know what they're getting into. Yeah. It's you know, it's a place like in, no good. other.
1: That's when the times are good. Like that's yeah. the times are good. They're trying to win them over. It's going to seem awesome then. Plus, they're young and impressionable. They don't really understand what happens when, like, they're not showing you what happens when you get beat 48-7 to at yeah. home with Gabrielle Union.
2: I don't know here. that it's necessarily too right. much pressure. I think that maybe they just feel it a no, little I bit more
0: the... after games like
2: Saturday. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that what you come to Nebraska for, to play Ohio State under the lights, game day, yeah, celebrities in town? I mean, isn't a that, real isn't that what baller. every college football kid wants to do, is play a top-five team yeah, uh, underneath head. the lights uh, with Pat house? you know, a place to rock in, game days in town? I mean, that's – what, what more do you want as a college kid? You know,
1: no, that's, that's the real deal, but maybe some of these dudes aren't, uh, aren't the real deal.
0: Yeah. So um, you know, the blowout thing, it seems to be unfortunately engraved in our DNA uh, <laughs> Nebraska, the last uh, 10 to 15 years. Um, and, and uh, recently since 2017, Nebraska is tied for the most uh, 40-point blowouts in the Big Ten with four. We have four 40-point blowouts in the last two and a half seasons. That's tied with Rutgers. Rutgers also has four. Maryland has three. And the rest of the Big Ten combined, one. So what – what makes Nebraska so susceptible to being blown out, and why does it seem to happen to us more than other teams? Because it's not, it's not just like, oh, it happens, you know, like Ohio State's blowing out everybody. The rest of the uh, Big Ten uh, has, has one 40-point loss in two years, and we've got four of them. How, what what's, is it about Nebraska that, uh, that this is, keeps happening to us? Yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on it earlier. I think, yeah. I think it's,
2: I think it's mostly mental. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have, any, I don't have a real good answer for this, to be honest. Like, right. I, I, th- I've thought a lot about it, and you know, I always kind of take, take some time to, you know, dive into what went wrong and how it went wrong and why. But there, it's just, it just seems like I don't. I hate to throw around the word curse because. You know, that's yep. not a real thing, but it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to,
0: to fathom, you know. Yeah. And it's hard to with, put a finger on it, like what the main issue is, because this is, it's not just since 2017. I mean, it's three coaches, three quarterbacks wide of, you know, of Nebraska getting embarrassed on big stages. So it's not just like, oh, this coach, you know, kind of freezes up in big games or this quarterback does. This has happened for the last three staffs and last three quarterbacks that this has been, uh, been something that's been going on. So, Um, I mean, uh, clearly one of the glaring issues for the season, including this game, uh, it's Cam Jurgensen. I mean, listen, the guys from Nebraska, high four-star athlete coming out, projected as a tight end, um, you know, registered as a true freshman, uh, bulked up, put on about 50 pounds and got moved to center coming into the preseason. Um, you know, Frost was high on this guy. I mean, saying, you know, this, this could be Dave Remington here, you know, and, and then he was hurt. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, oh, he's starting again. And uh, you know, our offense looks completely different with him at, at uh, center. And um, I don't know how possibly the uh, backup center could be any possibly worse than he has played this year. Yeah. What, what is going on with him? And Zach take us through what uh, as a center or as a quarterback, I mean, we talked about it before where you said, well, you're still keeping your eyes down the field, but now, you, now you're expecting a bad snap every single time So is that taking your focus off of reading the defense and what you're supposed to be looking at thinking about oh, okay where's the snap gonna go because I can't lose the snap I need to get the, my hands on this so take us through the whole that whole situation and what could possibly be going on with him
2: well yeah I guess when we talked about it before you know it was something that that eventually did get fixed with with my own uh, experience so this is this is just rare. I mean, it's, it's really getting old, you know, right. As, as, as fast as our offense wants to move and as, you know, quick as some of our plays are, it doesn't work. Like this can't work. Right. You know, there, there's too much happening in in the short amount of time from the time that the ball is snapped until the eventual ball carrier receiver gets the ball that we have to worry about potentially, you know, recovering a fumble or jumping up or, Whatever it is, it's it's, it's just, just one more thing to worry about for a quarterback. Yeah, right? I, I mean, it's, if it's not this, it's the kicker. I mean, what <laughs> can we just get things figured out and and move on? And right. I don't know. It, it it's just it's a tough thing to, uh, to to wrap your head around, I guess.
1: Well, here's yeah. a question for you guys. Do you think us trying to play like a up tempo? Do you think that it's just it's too much for the guys to process up front to it's like oh who do I have okay they're in this front they're in cover three all this stuff this guy rolled down do you think that's too much to process he's only played center for a year and a half do you think like you know that's what's messing him up cause he's trying to think and go so fast that he can't execute
2: there's a 100- hundred the other Division one centers out there and, and you don't see it right. very often I mean but he hasn't yes. played
1: center for very long maybe those other dudes have yeah. you know I don't know I'm just saying I'm just thinking yeah. you know. Yeah, it just goes back to where we try to go up tempo and our offensive line was horrible. And I figured out and this is at a lower level, obviously.
0: Yeah, it just goes back to roster management. I mean, the only guy we have on the team that can snap the ball is a converted, converted tight end. And then, I mean, I hate to keep harping on this, but where the fuck is Barrett Pickering at? I mean, outside of this guy having a broken leg. He, he's, he's got to be still hey, our best I actually, option. actually uh, – Outside of him having a broken leg, he has to be the best option. Because our kicking game – I think a Drew might have joke, a hot take all right? here. And that's playing and football. I do. So I was yes. reading the,
1: my walk-on story, and I read all of them. But Lane McCallum, I read his. And even though Coach mm-hmm. Frost is uh, pleading the fifth, no comment on anything, I was actually able to read between yeah. the lines of what this young college kid who didn't know what he was saying was saying. Perfect. And he was like yeah. – Yeah, and he was like, so basically – he knew he was going to be in the mix to kick because the coaches came and talked to him because he plays a different position and they knew he kicked before. And so uh, he was like, yeah, I knew uh bear was very serious, yeah. you know? And so blah, blah, blah. And he kept, and he brought it up a couple times about how serious. Okay. So, he's really
0: um, so I don't know what's going on with the kicking game, but it's, it's beyond frustrating for everybody. And the, to make the frustration even further is like, back to it again is the lack of uh, communication from frost on it i mean just tell us is the guy coming back this season is he not coming back this he season I, it sounds he like he's hurt not real bad with...
1: like he didn't say the specific injury but he's like he is injured bad
0: yeah well clearly i mean it his his leg has to be broken that's
1: or the like torn ligaments you know but is he not walking around yeah. campus but what, like what do you
0: right if you can walk, if he can walk, or he is stormed. getting wheelchaired oh, around campus, whatever
2: it might be. The students have had to see it. Yes. How are we not getting some, catching yeah. some wind of it?
0: Right. So, you know, when we first started, first started the first couple episodes of this, you know, before the season started, um, obviously all of us were pretty high on Adrian Martinez um, and what he was going to be capable of this season. You know, I had brought up the point, you know, is there, is there a possibility of a sophomore slump? And, you know, I think we all would agree. No, no, this is not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> this guy, Well, uh, here right we five are. Five games in, guys. <laughs> we're, we're in a fucking <laughs> sophomore slump. Um, he's, he's leading the country in turnovers. Um, and as bad as the offensive line has played, which has led to some of his mistakes and the snaps and the protection, he's also just missed a lot of shit out there. He's missing throws. He's missing reads. He's missing run, run fits. He's missing everything that could be missed as a quarterback. Um I feel I feel like he's got a case of the yips. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 for a baseball term, the guy just can't seem to to put it all together. Uh we're 5 games into the season and, you know, him and the offense has have, have yet to put together four quarters of good football. Um I don't I don't know what else to say. I mean, I he was looking up numbers and um the funny thing about it is the Trevor Lawrence, the, the kid from Clemson, that everybody's super high on which I am too. He's one of the best uh, prospects I've seen in college football. I mean, that guy, you can tell, is going to be a 15-year NFL quarterback. Uh, but his numbers through five, five games and through freshman year, they're exactly comparable to mm-hmm. Martinez. So he's having a little bit of a slide back too. So it's – I don't know. It's, it's not just uh, relegated to, uh, to, to Martinez, but at the same time, it, it's a real thing and it's currently happening. Um, I say that to say this. So with Martinez and clearly Jurgensen playing, uh, uninspired football currently, what does it say to the backups and the other players on the team that Frost refuses to give them a shot to come in and play the game? What, what kind of message does that send to your team that you can have two guys playing bad football and you refuse to are take you, them out? That are that you referring you just to the last game? Uh, yeah, I, I think at halftime, um, Federal should have been coming I, in. Um, game is game is over. Uh, we're not coming back. There's nothing positive that's going to happen. Thirty-eight nothing at halftime. Uh, down thirty-eight nothing at half. So what? What's the downside of putting Federal in the game?
2: To me, as a as a teammate, um, or you know, another player under Frost, to see a backup coming in straight out of halftime is seeing my coach waving the white flag. I feel like yeah. there was more, there was more work to be done. You know, you have, you have the potentially the best team in the country in your stadium right there. You have your fan support right, right. there. They're going to, they're going to keep the the energy up. Why not keep
0: your starters in and let them try to figure shit out? You know, try- yeah. what about the fourth quarter? What about switching quarterbacks the fourth quarter? You know, um, I, I get the whole coming out of halftime. thing. that does send a bad message, but
2: Fourth, um, fourth, okay. fourth quarter wise yeah. quarter. I think uh, that there's still work to be done. You know, you still can get some snaps in and try and figure some shit out and, and get. Some, I mean, obviously there's no, there's no sort of connection between Martinez and any receivers outside of Wandale and, and JD. So maybe you try, I, he didn't, yeah. but maybe try and target, you know, Noah or Mike Williams or McQuitty, wherever he's been, yeah. you know, maybe try and get some, uh, some connections there to, to build on in the future and, to me, that's what I saw. You know, we're just trying to get some more reps for everybody and try and get some big time. You're never going to – we're not going to see a, a better team the rest of the season, so why not put our best oh, no. up against Absolutely their best not.
0: and, and you know, see if it, it pays dividends down the line. I was just thinking that – do you not see any maybe possibility of upside for maybe let Martinez view the game from the sidelines, view it from a different uh, perspective? I mean, you know. I think I think that could do him do him some uh, some justice. There is uh, watching somebody else run the offense, seeing what seeing from seeing the game from a different. I perspective. think that screws his you know, confidence it's, in it's, the future. He's been. Yeah, I well, know. I, I mean, I if it. if getting beat forty eight, get if getting beat forty eight seven at home doesn't screw with your confidence, I mean. That that should be your main concern, not getting pulled in the fourth quarter. You're yeah. down 48 nothing. You threw three picks in the first four yeah. possessions. You lead the country in turnovers. I mean, if <laughs> your confidence should already be shot, yeah. unfortunately. So, seeing your backup coming in the fourth quarter, I think uh, probably would have did him some good and maybe did the team some good because, like you said, if I'm the backup, especially let's get off of Martinez and go to Cam Jurgensen, that guy's played absolutely terrible, okay? that guy has played fucking horrendous so what does that say to the other guys on the team that this guy Frost? yeah no this is my guy i'm sticking with him i'm sticking with him and refuses to pull him i mean why haven't we seen anybody else come in the game even receiver wise where are the rest of the receivers at where's the rest of the dbs where are those freshman receivers that we recruited where is ramir johnson at why why is he only sticking with the same people why what's the deal with the rotation I that's what yeah. I want to know. Well,
1: What I was going to say is <laughs> even if you don't want to mess with the Martinez companies as much as possible, it's still give the other guy a look it'd be like, Hey man, we're getting me 40 to seven. Yeah. I don't want you to so play. So it's just,
0: just one of those things It just, I, I don't know. I'm just saying I thought up that this game with it being in hand early would have been a good, good position to get some other people, some snaps because the guys that are currently playing, especially at wide receiver. Um, I, I don't know. What do you, do you think that the fact that Nebraska doesn't have any actual like size at receiver is, um, is hurting us. I mean, last year we had um, um, Stanley uh, Morgan, yeah. Stanley on the outside, being able to you know, be able to throw up a fifty-fifty ball and him, you know, rely on him to go get it. And when we clearly just don't have that guy this year, we don't have anybody over five-nine mm-hmm. that receiver that is in the rotation. So I just, I don't know. I would like to just see some other guys get in the game, especially like a Ramir Johnson at running back. Well, let's let's see what this guy can do. That's uh, what it sounds
2: like we're going to see uh, though pretty soon. Is uh, he's he's. Getting getting ready to be given some game time.
0: Yeah, and they said um, Chris Edmond, yep. the freshman tight end starter from, on the uh, kickoff from, team. Yeah, going to start him there and get him some snaps on offense. So um, I think that four game rule is really going to do us some justice here down the stretch. Um, that four game redshirt rule, but um, mm-hmm. I'd like to just see some other people get in the game and get a chance. And you know what? I unfortunately, if I if I'm Frost Martinez, is on short leash uh, come Northwestern. Um, he's got the first half and that first series coming out of the second half. If It's not clicking. I'm going to the backup because you know what? I you're my guy, but listen, I, I've my responsibility is to this to team win games, not to you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It is to this team and not to, uh, make sure that your confidence is okay because you've been playing like dog shit the entire season. So, um, fortunately I do think that Nebraska is going to come out and run it <laughs> up on Northwestern, but, uh, that's neither here nor there, but, um, you know, along the way, Nebraska set some pretty impressive records. Um, it was the largest home game day lost in uh game day history. So <laughs> we got that going for us. A nice 41 point loss, uh, tops TCU's previous record of a uh, home game day loss. So lucky that, uh, you know, just, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they're off, they're off the hook to that. <laughs> um, but it's just, um, back to, sorry, I got some more stats down here that I just wanted to go over. Um, You know, in the first half, Nebraska had seven possessions. Um, Four of them ended in three and outs, and three of them ended in uh, interceptions. It's just the offense just never got off the field and couldn't get out of their own way. Um, I just – I don't know what to say at this point about where the offense is, but um, like I said, I'm ready to see some other people uh, get in the game. And the lack of throwing the ball down, down the field, it's just been really an issue. We haven't been able to stretch the field out. Um, and you think that Frost, with all the speed that he's trying to recruit, and that's being his offense, you think that uh, we'd have some more deep shots, Drew? What are you seeing? Are you just still seeing cross routes? Well,
1: remember when one uh, of those picks by Martinez he overthrew a post route to Mike Williams, who was wide ass open, and he overthrew it. He's, one of the worst man. throws I've
0: ever seen. I mean, missed him by twenty yards, and had a clean. That's what to I mean. I think it's, it's too, literally the right? execution of who's so It's just. Uh, but it's uh, just one of those things, you know, it's 24-hour rule and you move on. But uh, it, it just wasn't great. Um, just to wrap up this game, um, did you guys see the whole uh, Khalil Davis suspension thing? And did you have, have you guys seen the play on that? Yeah, I saw it. You saw, I, it? I I have, saw it? I haven't
1: seen it. What is, it is it bad? It's, no. it's
0: not bad. Um,
2: I did I didn't see much. I saw that uh he was kind of backing up Mo Berry on the play because Mo Berry just got blindsided and then he came and hit him is what I saw. But from what I heard from Frost today, he was kind of he was supportive of of the decision and said that they would have they would have pulled him out of the game if they would have seen what happened and that they he's still possibly facing internal uh discipline. Now, after even after his one-game suspension, and I think it's really, I think it's really shitty because this guy is a senior, and he's going right. to miss his homecoming game. He's going to miss a, a home game, which those are limited as a senior now, and they're taking right. away
0: a lot from him when he's just out there playing football. Yeah, and you know the fact that the ref, uh, you know, they showed the play, and to me, it didn't look like much. Um, I couldn't tell what was going on. But uh, Mo Berry, I I didn't see a blindside. I saw him try to blitz in, get completely blown up by the center, blown up 20 yards back where he was put on skates, and then the center came in, go ahead and finished him off, which, unfortunately, I'd like to see maybe Nebraska's linemen do that to somebody. It's like, you got to be borderline a little dirty on offense. Like, the the guy blew up Mo Berry 20 yards. I Mm -hmm. mean, the guy was on skates, was on complete ice skates, and didn't need to do anything else, but – the ball's not dead, so the center went over and fucking finished his ass off, threw him in the ground, and jumped on him. I I personally like that out, yeah. of, out of offense, yeah. lineman, but um, uh, and then Davis stood up for yeah. him, and you it just, gotta you like kind that. Of see my little scuffling. Yeah, yeah. it's a scuffle. Um, it's football. But I mean, the, don't suspend the guy yeah, for the a fact game. That the referee when it wasn't even right, a penalty, the fact that the referee came over. Yeah, the referee saw it, went over and talked to him, didn't throw a flag. It just tells me that it wasn't too much, but I don't know what. You know, maybe he said something crazy. But, to at him, the same but... time, the Colorado guy doesn't
2: get suspended last yeah. year for twisting Martinez's knee.
0: And the Pac twelve yeah. reviewed so. it as a conference. Yeah, they're like, oh no big yeah. deal. Good uh, really what look about the linebacker me. from so, Florida
1: that was gouging the Georgia running back's eyes that one year? Yeah. <laughs> That's I
0: mean, you know you know how the bottom of the piles be. be like, like, oh, if, I those
1: do. Guys if those dudes don't get in trouble, why should this guy buy both you know the outer bodies and our own internal stuff? Like let the guy play.
0: Right. So just, uh, I don't know. It is what it is. It's, he's not going to be sorely missed. Um, the, um, the defense line, speaking of the defense line, Steely's is going to hop in there and play for him. But mm-hmm. what have you guys thought about the defense line play this season? What do you... I don't know. I kind of, I like him.
1: I, I mean, I think they look pretty good off the ball. You know, I don't really love a three man front though, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I'm not a three man front guy, Especially but we, I feel we don't like have linebackers. Were... Yeah. Exactly. So the three men front one, you know, your three down linemen aren't going to be getting a lot of pressure in there. They're mainly there to uh, eat up blocks. And then uh, you run a three, four to get more disguised blitzes, your outside linebackers come in or whatever. But um, a lot of times I just saw three down linemen rushing. And unfortunately those guys uh, have no pass rush moves at all. I mean, uh, during Darian Daniels, he is just strictly a space filler that, that's all he is. He can eat up two to three blocks, but he's not going to beat anybody, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. And I don't know. Just I think they've looked suspect. But I thought uh,
2: they've looked serviceable up until this game.
0: You know, yeah. Uh, Colorado
2: game sticks out to me still. I think that they looked awesome that game. Um, but yeah. no, you know, with the three man three man front, you know, they all they have to be is serviceable, and we and you kind of have to rely back onto linebacker play to to come up and make plays and right. stuff. And, we're, we're, we're not built yeah. like that yet.
0: Yeah, um, and unfortunately, our captain and our uh, three-year starter, uh, Mo Berry, um, the next play that uh, big play he makes this season is going to be his first one. <laughs> um, that guy has um, had a terrible senior season. I mean, just missing a lot of run, run fits. I mean, eyes in the backfield. Just, he's just – I don't know what's going on, but his steps are off. He's playing um, slow. Honus is a little yeah. slow. Colin Miller had a really bad game. I mean, like you said, you're playing the number one team yeah. in the country. Um, it, it's going to happen. But there's just some fundamental things that went wrong um, for us there that, you know, gave up big plays, gave up points. Prayers but, up, um, prayers up just... to uh, MoBerry
2: on having to uh, try and tackle... Uh, Justin Fields in open space on that first touchdown. <laughs> no,
0: yeah. Yeah. He was, a gonna, no gonna, he was in no oh, man's yeah. land. Yeah. He was in no man's land for sure.
2: <laughs> that's so, tough.
0: Um, it is what it is. We're five games into the game. Let's season. turn the page on this left. game, please. Let's, we're going to go ahead and turn the page on the And Ohio burn State the book. And we'll, <laughs> yeah. We'll be seeing them play in that uh, college football playoff. I can guarantee yeah, you that. I'll and, be, I'll be putting um, money on them. I, yeah. And I tell you, if they play Clemson, I, I, I like Florida State by about 17 over Clemson. Florida so. State. they are Clemson. I Ohio State there you or go. Clemson? I don't know if I said Clemson. <laughs> Definitely yeah, not Florida but, State. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I, Florida State would beat them by a hundred. You know, <laughs> Ohio State would beat fucking Florida State yes. by hundred. But uh, no, Ohio State is. Uh, and to tell you the truth, they're they're one of the better teams I've seen in the last five mm-hmm. years. I mean, just in general, those guys look the part, but. Like I said, turning the page, it's still early in the season. We're one and one in conference. We're right in it. So um, if we can go ahead and put this game behind us and move forward to this Northwestern game and do what we need to do against them, because Northwestern, uh, you know, when we did our little preseason things, I think that was the team that we all had pegged as a, taking a step back. This team won the West last year, um, going undefeated in the Western division and uh, clearly not the same team this year they're one and three their only win was uh against UNLV um Drew your favorite quarterback in the country um is maybe starting this week he finally got a look Uh, Hunter Johnson Drew, what are you seeing from Northwestern and what do you think uh what's going to happen on here on Saturday well
1: I think they have a pretty vanilla offense Hunter Johnson even though he does have some good physical tools he mentally sucks at playing quarterback and can't read a defense the other guy's better than him yeah,
0: I mean, and this goes just go back to recruiting rankings. I mean, the guy was a five star, I believe, was the number two overall quarterback in the country coming yeah, out. Yeah, and of he school. didn't and run at Clemson either. A, he played
1: his freshman year.
0: Yeah, and he's a yeah, plum. he
1: sucks. That guy's and way better. Than yeah. Him. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, Northwestern's offense is uh, dismal. I mean, these guys are 127th in the country, at, and that's out of 130 teams in total offense. The ball can't throw the ball, Zach. What, what else are you seeing from Northwestern? Well, um, offensively,
2: not much. Uh, they I think, their bright, their bright spot on <laughs> offense is a redshirt freshman running back, Drake Anderson. He's yep. been their only productive player, really, and he only has 305 yards on the season. Um, they only have seven touchdowns as a team, which. That's, that's not good. Um, you know, their defense is kind of, their defense (laughs) is kind of middle of the pack in every, every stat, um, there's just not much to talk about. And then they got Fitzgerald
0: who's an asshole. Yeah. They've got the middle linebacker. That's what Patty Fisher, or whatever their linebacker, middle linebacker. He's a, he's a good player, but yeah, there, there's not a whole lot to talk about with the Northwestern. I mean, this isn't one of their typical teams where, um, you know, the last, uh, Nebraska was four and four against Northwestern since they've joined the big 10. Um, and seven of those games have come down to a uh, one possession game. Uh, we also last year, overtime game, um, the Hail Mary game at Nebraska a couple of years ago. So this is typically a team that plays Nebraska tough and gives us fits even uh, when um, Nebraska should yeah. be, should beat them handily. But I, if Nebraska has trouble with these guys on Saturday, it could spell for or a- you know, fuck around and lose to these guys. It it could spell for a long season, but um, I'm thinking Nebraska comes yeah. out and gets it done and uh, probably does it. In, uh, in and I think fashion. we need to keep it what, fairly conservative and do whatever for, it takes for the game uh, Saturday. You know,
2: all that matters right now for this, this Nebraska football team is getting wins. Um, and on top of that, you know, this is a big game considering the fact that we're trying to complete yeah. the sweep of the state of Illinois in one season. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, yeah, Northern Illinois. Yeah, I, I double-checked. There's, no uh, there's no and, more D1 teams and in there. Northwestern. So, <laughs> go ahead and beat them all. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Drew, uh, what well, do you expect Well, uh, I from definitely Nebraska agree with Zach. Uh, we just got to win the
1: game. I, I'm not going to put any crazy aspirations on us blowing them out or – Whatever you know, I think we just got to get down to business, figure it out, and play and uh just clean a lot of these stuff up. They're a beatable team, we're more explosive than they are. We should win this freaking game, but they're tough and they play tough, you know, at times. So we just got to get the W,
0: right? Yeah, like I said, uh, Nebraska should, should, I mean, we should be holding these guys under two touchdowns. And like I said, I think, I think, uh, score wise, I'm seeing something like 38, 38, 10, 38, 14. Maybe thirty-one, um, but this should be a, a, a game. Nebraska uh, wins handily and moves us up to two and one in the Big Ten. And at two and one, in the Big Ten, um, the possibilities are endless. Right now, obviously, you've got um, Wisconsin, um, Iowa, and uh, Minnesota all defeated in conference. But Iowa's uh, got got to go to Ann Arbor to play Michigan on Saturday, and um, Wisconsin still has to play. Ohio state and Penn state. So there's, there's a lot of games left to be played. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm um, betting us to uh, win the West, but uh, we sure, certainly still have a shot to do it with a lot of tough games left for uh, the other top three teams in the big 10 West. What, uh, what do you guys think for the outlet yeah, um, rest of the uh, conference season going into us? the season? I did,
2: I did call this, call this loss against Ohio state. So, I I'm gonna to have to go back on my prediction of us getting beat by Maryland now because they've kind of come back to reality. But I I don't know. It, you know I I hope that we see yeah, sure the turnaround enough. we did on the in the second half of this season like we did last last year. I um I think Wisconsin probably gets us because yep. they're just they're gonna hand it to Jonathan Taylor thirty thirty five times and there's not gonna be anything we can do about it. But I still believe that we beat Iowa, so right. um, I'm hoping that it I'm I'm hoping that it's just Wisconsin from here on out, and we got just start cruising a little bit. But I don't know that that's necessarily realistic from what we've
0: seen so far. Yeah, I mean, our schedule I, I feel sets up about as uh, well as we could ask for at this point in the season. We've got uh, obviously Northwestern uh, this Saturday, and then we go travel to Minnesota where they've, uh, they've they they yeah. are 4 0, but all their games have been one possession games against uh, pretty bad. Much teams. needed. Um, and then we have a bye week, and then we go a uh, much needed bye week, and then we have um, Indiana. And uh Purdue Purdue's Purdue, after, yeah. Sorry, who's app, who's app. after Indiana? Yep. Oh per- Purdue and Indiana. Yeah. Purdue yep. and Indiana. And then we have another bye week. Getting right. That's a lot of uh things p- potentially improving. So I think those two bye weeks in there are gonna be crucial for us, uh maybe to get healthy, but just more time to get the offense clicking. So um, I think these four teams that we have coming up are very, 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 very beatable. Um, even if we go say three and one in these next four games, I think that it still sets up for us to uh, make, you know, unfortunately it just uh, all our way. It just means another showdown with the Buckeyes. And uh, at this point, I'm which I also called,
2: and I also said we were going to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. With yeah. That.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe we keep it within three scores or something, but, uh, but no. Um, I
1: noticed. Do you guys remember though? Do you guys remember? Let's just, hold on. Let's take a walk down memory yeah. lane. predicted So if we win four more games this uh-huh. year. We would end up seven and five. Do we remember who predicted our season ending total seven That's, and five? Okay. Yes.
2: It's damn damn sure it wasn't me and J. Yeah.
1: No, I was uh, <laughs> yes.
0: I was drunk on the Kool-Aid for damn sure. So um but yeah, yeah, I mean five games in I've definitely uh I think I think if we get to eight and four would be uh, be a success. That'd be a dream season. That would be yeah, point. exactly. At this point great success. Yeah. At this point, uh, eight and four would uh would be stone um going into next season but you know the expectations clearly have been tempered uh, through through the first five games and yeah, so, we've been humbled um but it is what it is um one stat that i saw um you know because obviously the big thing with nebraska has been the turnovers and the penalties um nebraska's had 66 total drives this year and 40 of those drives nebraska has either committed a penalty had a turnover or a tackle for loss. And so that is 67% of our drives. One of those three things is happening. That is...
1: Uh, two-thirds of the time, bad things happen. Yes, That's so good. that is a
0: recipe for absolute disaster. Um, when two-thirds of your possessions through five games are ending with uh, our, something, a penalty, a, a um, turnover or a tackle for loss is happening. That's just a recipe for absolute disaster. Um, and so on those other... 26 possessions we've scored on 16 of them. So we scored on 62 possessions where we have a clean possession, no tackle for loss, no penalty, and clearly obviously no turnover. So it's, I mean, it just boils down to it. The simple, the basics, you know, don't turn the ball over. Don't commit a penalty. I mean, we had a penalty on the first on the fucking kickoff this week. I mean, and we got (laughs) to the 17 yard line. I mean, if you just wave up your hand or let it go, it's you get it at the 25. We got it at 17 and got a penalty on that to start at the seven. I mean,
2: just <laughs> they got a penalty two players two plays later against Martinez out of bounds though, and then it's like, all right, we're yeah. we're moving the ball, yeah, and then, and then and, turn you know it started
0: with uh, Forniok getting <laughs> beat fucking by uh, Chase Young, oh, which, all which night. led Martinez to uh, roll out to threw the ball behind uh, behind. Um, um, uh, Wandell or whatever and that corner yeah. that's another top 15 draft pick right there that guy he's he's top two corner in the yeah, country that guy can play I mean, that guy was that guy could play some football. that guy could play some football so it is what oh, it cool is uh, you know it's a every game from here on out is a big game so um it kind of makes it makes it more interesting for me uh because you know there's no more like oh well it's an easy game this week it's like no every game is a big game from here on out for the rest of the season so um that being said, uh, you know, the, the good side, of, on the high side of things, um, I am back to uh, being a professional gambler. Here it comes. Uh, <laughs> last <laughs> week with a uh, four and two uh, win-loss record takes me up to uh, 15 and 14 on the season, 52%. So um, probably just going to quit my day job and, uh, you know, go live over there at the boats over there in Council Bluffs. So um, <laughs> how did you guys finish up uh, last week?
2: I went two for six. Yeech. I did fall. I, I fell under the 50% the Mason-Dixon line uh, mark. <laughs> yeah, like I've been all year, but that's okay. I uh, I bounced back with my first pick this week already. Yep. So so we're looking good there. But, yeah, I uh, had kind of a rough week. I was I was one point away from going a cool 50, 50% again last wow. week. Uh, Drew. That'll happen. Drew, how are you looking?
1: Uh, on the season, not great last week, my best week yet three and three, three wins, three losses yep. week before, one win five losses. I'm trending up. okay well
0: and yeah, there's still a lot of season left to go I mean there's there's what nine nine weeks left to college football, you know so we've got seven games and two bye weeks so there's nine weeks left to college football which um, I know with this last uh, Ohio State loss it kind of it's kind of put a damper on my week you know and now it's just like okay another week we got northwestern coming to town time to move on move forward there's still a lot of football to be played so and like i said at this point last year we were oh five so three and two <laughs> yeah. is a hell of a lot better than <laughs> oh and five <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolutely we were oh five last year at this point so um but zach why don't you go ahead and start give us your picks for the week and uh what you're seeing all right well i'm gonna start with my
2: uh weekly maxion pick of the week um week you gotta oh, love yeah. it although this was love not that an action uh showdown it was sunbelt but as i mentioned before the first one of the week already hit i had south alabama plus 10 against georgia southern they did take the l but went double overtime just now which is yeah, quite the game and they did cover so we're one know so far this week yeah. feeling good uh that's all that <laughs> matters was a good um, cover. and then uh Got some action on Friday night as well. I got UCF minus four at Cincinnati. By the way, did you guys see Cincinnati's field for for Friday night? That's that was a was was fake it news. fake news, right? Because it was a it was a black That's field uh, with a white and red bear cat at center field and like a a bat or something sweet. in the middle. Um, yeah, if it's fake news, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. I may not watch it. I probably will though. But I got UCF minus four in that one. Yeah. Um, I got Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. I got the overs at sixty-two and a half in that one. I got Auburn minus mm-hmm. three at Florida. I won't steal your thunder, so I'll leave it at that. Tay, um, Texas minus okay. ten and a half at West Virginia. That is my lock of the week, outside of South Alabama, of course, because that's already hit. Um, but yeah, West Virginia's I, pretty bad. I, but Texas is dealing with a lot of injuries. I haven't seen a seen an injury. Uh, Break down like that in a long time outside of the NFL because they just put everyone on injury and in, injury watch that in in the NFL. Would but you,
0: um, did you? Uh, sorry, did you see that uh, D three team that just fucking called it quits for the season because some so injuries in
1: Iowa? That's where my boy they, Ty went. Oh, of course, uh, it's Ty.
0: Of course, course, course had players out. and lost really?
1: eleven, and so they had twenty eight players, and they said that they didn't want to risk the health or the integrity the program, so they're forfeiting the next seven games.
2: How many and players? Were, uh,
1: 20, 28 in college. 28 co- players
2: are about to go on the transfer portal right
0: now.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, as they should be able to. Yeah. They should be able to play next games.
1: Week. They had given up uh, 115 points, and they had scored three. Yeah, They're, they're a yeah, basketball not
0: school. Good. Not good.
2: Um, and then, uh, wow. last but not least, I do have Nebraska covering minus seven
1: against Northwestern, so... Yep, yeah. well, right. true. All right, Give so them up. since I'm on a hot streak, we'll start this one. Oklahoma, Kansas, <laughs> over 67 and a half. Uh, Bowling Green, plus 46 at Notre Dame. Uh, Auburn, minus minus mm-hmm. two and a half at Florida. Another SEC school, Georgia, minus 24 and a half at Tennessee. Uh, this still stings a little bit, but I'm going to take them. Ohio State, minus 20 at home against Michigan takes. I just don't think Michigan State can score or yeah. hold them. You know, they're monsters, so. I think they're gonna right. blow the doors off them too, I hope. And then uh for the Nebraska yep. game, it's Nebraska Northwestern, so I'm taking the under forty eight and a half.
0: half yeah. yeah, no, um Ohio State's beat won their last four games by forty plus points. So um <laughs> so they're do- they've been doing people dirty all season. So they haven't played anybody. Um for me. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, yeah unfortunately <laughs> that's true <laughs> damn like um but no the game that all three of us had and it's uh my blood bank lock of the week it's uh auburn um drew you got it at three or two and a half i had it at three um auburn's going to florida's fraudulent first of all Ford florida's the most fraudulent team in the top 25 like um, I think Auburn runs it up on these guys in the swamp. So Auburn minus three is a lot to happen. I see that as a two plus score uh, victory for Auburn. Um outside of that, I've got the uh the Iowa Michigan game under forty seven and a half. I think it's gonna be a de- defensive battle. Um and I think Michigan maybe pulls it off, you know, twenty four or seventeen, something like that. Um but Outside of that, I am on the uh, Michigan State at Ohio State on the over forty nine and a half. Like I said, I think um, I think Ohio State uh, puts a lot of points up, and you maybe get fourteen points out of Michigan State to push it on the overs. Uh, next game, Oregon State at UCLA. I'm taking under sixty five and a half because I've got no faith in UCLA or or Oregon State. It could be the two worst teams in Power Five conferences. I mean. Both of them are disgusting, and it would be <laughs> there will well, be seven like, people
1: at like, the game. UCLA like starting uh, quarterbacks hurt. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, uh is hurt.
0: Perfect. Yeah. So uh, have a couple old former recruits uh, going at it: Denari Holmes and uh, and Tajon <laughs> Lindsay battling it out. So, <laughs> so the yeah, but uh, in front of all seven people there at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> And the last game I've got Washington going to Stanford. I'm taking uh, Stanford plus plus sixteen and a half. I think that's just a lot of points for, uh, uh, for Stanford at home. I mean, there's two, they're too well coached of a team. Um, I know they've been pretty bad this season, but, uh, 16 and a half points, I'll take it, especially being at home, but that's it. Um, you know, like I said, it's a rough week for uh, Nebraska and everybody in the state, but, um, it is what it is, and it's time to bounce back. It's time to move on to the next game. Uh, Northwestern's coming to town, and they're going to be looking to uh, they're licking their wounds. They're looking to get their first conference win of the season. So uh, Nebraska better have their head on straight and uh, you know not let Ohio State beat them twice, as they'd say. So uh, any final words from you guys? Yeah,
2: let's uh, let's let's get it done going forward. Let's get some wins, and I mean at the very least, let's get to a bowl game. So you know we can we can have that extra right. time. Let's but just keep as getting always. Follow us on uh, Big Red Podcast, I or the one instead of the I on Twitter, and then if you have any thoughts, email us at bigredrevival at gmail.com. Again, one
1: instead of the I. Right. My final words Drew? in the memory of Al Davis: Just win, baby.